0: This is the Pro Hockey West Report, brought to you by Toyota. Support the dealers that support hockey in your community for your next car. Desert Toyota in Tucson, Peterson Toyota in Fort Collins, Toyota of the Desert in Cathedral City, California, and Finlay Toyota in Las Vegas. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Find out how to go full Caesar. Visit Caesars.com for eligibility requirements. FedEx. Simplify your business shipping with FedEx the official shipping company of Ice Time Hockey West. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, award-winning barbecue at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Visit us at jesserayesbarbecue.com. T-Mobile, head to t-mobile.com and see how you can lock in your rates forever. Jet's Pizza, with six different crusts and countless toppings let your imagination go wild. And by the Caesars Sportsbook app, an official partner of the NHL. The Pro Hockey West Report is a part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy
1: and Stephen Marsh. All right, well, welcome in this uh, good Thursday morning to another edition, another episode, if you will, of the Pro Hockey West Report. Scott Strandy with you today in beautiful Temecula, California. Well, it's going to be beautiful for another couple of days, and then we're going to get another. batch of rain, I understand. But by that time, I will be moving east. So who knows? We'll see what happens. My co-host is always joining me from that big, beautiful championship city of Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen Marsh. Stephen, how are you this morning? Probably much more awake than I am.
2: Uh, I don't know about that. (laughs) I don't know about (laughs) that. Well,
1: I I arrived back from Palm Springs to Temecula about 1 a.m. By the time I finished uh, doing my Editing and stuff like that. It was about 2.15 when I fell asleep, and the alarm went off at 6.15. So okay, I might yeah. count that's four hours of sleep.
2: Yeah, you're, you're, probably, you're, you're, you're the winner today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, another great uh, AHL Pacific Division hockey game last night. Um, I'm telling you, we've talked about this all season long. From start to finish, uh, top to bottom, you name it, the Pacific Division is really good. Last night I watched the uh, top team in the division, the Coachella Valley Firebirds, take on the San Jose Barracuda who currently is the last place team in the division and by the effort from both teams and by the performances on the ice, um it was really kind of hard to tell who was who.
2: Well, that that says a lot. I mean, it's it just shows that there's no easy games and it matter if you're playing the last place team or or if you're the first place team and you're playing the teams towards the bottom, uh, if you're not on your A game, you may uh, you may not get the win even against a team like San Jose. So, uh, but we've 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 heard this all year long from people in the you know that co- have coached in this division, or been, been in the AHL. And they, they they know, especially with the Pacific Division, it seems every game. It doesn't matter who's playing who. It always seems to be close. A lot of one goal games. Uh, you know, even even if, or two goal games, sometimes if there's an empty net or whatever, but it's so sometimes that's a bit but yeah, I mean, it's, it's like that all year and it continues to be that way. And I think it's only going to be that way more as you get closer and closer to playoffs as, yeah, the games being the same enough, but as the games really mean much now as teams are trying to get where they want to be, you know, where they want to be positioned. Every, every, everybody wants to be number one, but you know, some not everybody will get that obviously, but you know, with the being so tight still in the division, there's still a lot of positioning up for grabs, so uh, the games are going to get even more more close. Plus, you got teams down at the bottom that may still think they have a playoff chance, so they they want to get into the spot, so they're going to play really hard, and and uh, so that makes for some really good games. Even even, uh, which will be great for the league, and it's great for the fans, and it's great for people like us that follow <laughs> these teams. And, and
1: well, I think people maybe. It kind of gets sick of us uh, blowing the horn or tooting the horn of the uh, Pacific Division, but that's who we cover. Um, and outside of Milwaukee and Hershey, I don't know that there's uh, a division that's even close to uh, what the Pacific Division is doing, um, which leads us into the standings. Right now, we're at, we're at the point where we're giving near 20 games left, San Jose. San Jose has only 19 games remaining. And uh, when you look on the other end of the spectrum, Bakersfield still with 24 games remaining. But for the most part, you know, it, it's at 20, 21, 22 range um, for games left to be played. And um, I don't know. I, I'm looking at this. I'm seeing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams, uh, all the playoff teams, are currently uh winning at a 500 plus clip and most of them at a 600 plus clip. So, um, it, the competition is there. And even, even when you drop down to the number eight, nine and 10 teams, Henderson, San Diego, San Jose, um, they're just under 500. So that tells you that, that the, the level of competition and the level of parity is really close. So, Let's run down the uh, the standings. Uh, I don't know if you have them in front of you. I do. It's up to you. Do you want to run them, or should I?
2: Well, look at you. You're all well well prepared with your five or four hours of sleep or whatever it is that you got. <laughs> I've got them in front of me, too, though. So don't... Okay. Give us the top five. Well, the Firebirds lead the way. They have a 31-13-7 uh, mark, 69 points. Um, I'm just combining the overtime shootout losses together. Yeah, that's together. fun. Uh, yep. Col- Colorado's number two, uh, 31, 16, and 5, uh, 67 points. Tucson, 29, 18, and 3, 61 points. Calgary, number four, uh, 27, 17, and 6, 60 points. And Abbotsford also with 60 points. They're 27, 18, and 6. All right, so that
1: tells me five teams – uh, within nine points of each other, and even Ontario, with... number
2: six. I know we yeah. just said the first five, but they're only a couple points behind Abbotsford. Well, for... so is Bakersfield, and Bakersfield's
1: got the games <laughs> in hand. Yeah, might as well just so, go ahead. <laughs> the, Yeah, so go ahead, run down the last five.
2: Yeah, Bakersfield's with fifty-eight points, twenty-seven, seventeen, and four, fifty-eight points. But the key for them is they've only they're, they're they're catching up slowly, but they're getting there. Forty-eight games played now for Bakersfield. And they're at uh, fifty eight points, so uh, that still could be a uh, a four or six point swing on some teams, and so that could that could get them all the way into uh well third place if they were to win because uh, they're f- they're three points behind Tucson, and they have a couple games at hand on Tucson, so that could be a four point difference, so that could get them uh, ahead of Tucson by a point so um, yeah okay and then we have
1: Henderson San Diego and San Jose I don't I don't know is Henderson renamed San Henderson because it seems like if you uh if your city name begins with the San you're struggling this season with the the gulls and the Barracuda so has Henderson been been renamed the San Henderson uh,
2: <laughs> no no but maybe they could be renamed the the Ghost Pirates or the... Or the... <laughs> well,
1: and I, I try to, uh, to keep it light because I know Henderson has had a really rough year um, as far as trying to keep bodies in the lineup. and Well, um,
2: late, lately especially. I mean, they started the season pretty good when they had their full team. And then, and then when players got hurt or when they've had, to, especially the last couple, couple of months really since the, I guess since really the All-Star break or maybe even a little bit before that when... Vegas has had, the, had a lot of injuries to their team, so of course, the result of that is you get the call ups to the to the AHL guys, which is great. I mean, that, and we don't want to keep in mind too. That's kind of what it's about. You know, the, we talk of how important the AHL is, and and yes, it's important to succeed and be top, but but the the opportunities for the for guys to get NHL opportunities um, is bad. So when we peel back the curtain from a team perspective, yes, but there's been so many great storylines from debuts and stuff like that, which is it was just important. But from, yeah, from a team perspective, when you lose a guy like right now, they don't have uh, Morelli, they don't have a Rempel, they don't have a Brisson, um, they don't have a Phrase. The whole fourth line in Vegas right now is Henderson, guys. It's called... People are calling it the Silver Knights line, because it's, uh, it's Morelli, Phrase, and Rempel on a line together. And of course, as I said, Brisson uh, is up there right now still. So, And then on top of that, they have some other guys that are not up there but they're they're injured no no bishop i believe right now they don't have uh you know some guys have been, been uh they don't have uh adam Cracknell, which has been a big loss because he, he was he's been a big contributor uh this season to their offense so i mean you mix in you know the nhl level when you have injuries it's it's a it's a big deal it can affect your lineup because those are the best of the best but a lot of times you when you where's your first line of Reinforcements—it's your AHL guys. It's usually your top AHL guys, so they can come in and 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 some do better than others, but they they can come in and acclimate pretty well. Well, what happens at the AHL team when you have a yeah you 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 have two factors—you lose you you lose your top guys to call-ups, but then you also lose guys to injuries, and so then that's kind of a double whammy. So then you gotta you gotta go to the ECHL guys, which are still usually very young in their careers a lot of times. You know. Some cases they're they're veterans, but that are they're kind of just at that level. But and then you've got uh, and then you've got to sign PTOS and and kind of go that route. So that's that's kind of where Henderson's been at. so recently the last little bit, it's been it's been really tough for them because a lot of the guys that you would rely on for their offense has been has been missing. So they've had to kind of go to other sources, which you know it's it's asking a lot of a really young guys and guys that are not really used to being that kind of a big. It's, it's great for them. It's great for their development. But again, it's that's it's still part of their development and, and maybe they're not quite quite there yet. So you just kind of have to you know, I
1: was a, a mix in the American Hockey League. Um, OK, so <clears throat> the plan for today, um, I spent the last, I don't know, uh, week just about uh, covering specifically Ontario and their opponents because um a i wanted to see what it was like to uh to see how the rain were progressing uh number two is they were obviously very close to where i was at and uh, number three was it gave me an opportunity to see a lot of the different teams and how they played against them so um we'll start the show today by by spending a few minutes just talking about um my week on quote the rain train you like oh, it? Boy. Oh boy. I, I'm on the rain train. I don't know,
2: but you you might have brought <laughs> them some. You might have brought them some good fortune. Here's some good karma. Some good pro hockey West Report karma. Because, <laughs> uh, it seems like since you showed up there, they've they're starting to turn it turn it around.
1: They have. They have played very well and I had a chance to uh, watch them at both home and on the road. I saw Saturday night's game in San Diego. Um, so I think Ontario is starting to pick it up just a bit. So we'll talk about them. Then we have to talk about the Colorado Eagles, who are just absolutely tearing it apart. Um, you sent something to me this morning from the great Patrick Williams and the job that he does, a nice story on Ivan Prostavev. Um And I never get Ivan's last name right, so I'm sorry, Ivan. Uh, <laughs> I, I've been trying for about eight years. but
2: <laughs> Too bad his name is not Ivan Ivan like the one Ivan in the league. <laughs> yeah. That's I, just call, <laughs> I
1: just call him Ivan the Great uh, when he was in uh, – in Tucson and with the uh, coyotes organization, when I would see him, I'd just say, can I just call you? Ivan the great. Uh, anyway. Uh, so the, uh, Colorado Eagles just absolutely playing unbelievable hockey. Uh, a- another win last night, although it took them, uh, overtime to do it. And then we'll round now. And, and, and
2: that win last night was with Trent minor. And you know, they've, they've, they've gone to right. him a few times, but it's mostly been broke lately, but, but obviously in the back to back last night, they did go to to Trent minor and, uh, and uh, give pros a little bit of a rest, but they were still able to squeak out a, an overtime win against Abbotsford.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Coachella Valley, of course, has uh, secured the top spot momentarily at least. And uh, I think you'll like what I hear from, heard from the players last night. I tried to dig into, uh, I know you're number one right now. How important is staying number one? We know that first round by right in the uh, Pacific division, extremely important. And, um, Home ice is the other thing that's extremely important. If you win the Pacific, you're going to have home ice all the way through until, um, you know, uh, in the West anyway, until you run into a a team like Milwaukee.
2: Well, you know, yes, yeah, home ice, but you have to you make some you make some tough decisions because we as we saw last year in the playoffs, the teams that had better records they had to decide if they wanted to host the first two games and give up the the final three games on the road or. Go on the road for two games and have the final three games at home. And some teams, because they had to, they had to choose the the form. They had to choose the first option and go with have the first two games at home, but then have have the final three games on the road. So, uh, yeah, I,
1: I I'm not gonna speak for Dan Bilesma who uh, who is gonna make that decision ultimately for Coachella Valley, but um, I think he'll he'll start on the road and take his and, and take his. Uh, uh, show there and then uh, come back home and, and try to do it at home cooking, but we'll and I, find and I, out.
2: And I think it might also depend too on the matchups too. I think if you play a team that's close to you, like if Ontario were to play or if uh, Coachella Valley were to play Ontario, maybe they could still do the back and forth kind of thing where it's, you could travel back and forth Um and make it a true. I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know you do, but you have, you have limited, you have limited, uh, resources and funds ahead, these guys are on budgets and stuff. You, unlike you have unlimited funds and, a, and, and budgets. Yeah. Ahead. Yeah, I'm
1: unlimited. right? I have a very limited budget. But anyway, that's a whole other story for no whole nother day. So, OK, so this last week, um, like I said, I was in Ontario. I always love seeing the uh, the different venues again. And it's been a while since I've been in Ontario. So thanks to Jared Chapman and uh, Josh Schaefer for for putting up with me. Um uh, it, it's always great though just to, to that get That takes a prepared. lot of work too to put up with you. Oh,
2: goodness gracious. Yeah. And all your requests and you know needing a front row seat in your throne yep. so that you get yep. in the arena. Yep, all of that important
1: stuff. So anyway, last week's show I I played the first the clips from the first game. So I don't think there's any reason to repeat them, but then um they played uh Friday night against um, the uh, uh, Coachella Valley Firebirds, and what an exciting contest. This one uh, went to uh, overtime, and uh, uh, Ontario got the win, uh, two to one. And they scored a late goal to tie it, and then scored an overtime to win it. And uh, the game seemed to seemingly was. Um, Taken care of for the most part by the Firebirds on the road, but yeah, uh, it's in it, it that court.
2: way. Yeah, it's seen that way. And then Fahimo, who can who can do these sort of things, oh, he's he ridiculous. Gets, he gets a goal with six seconds left in regulation, and then Moviar uh, it's got a goal with in the last minute of overtime. So yeah, you go from the Firebirds who think they're going to win this g- game one uh, nothing because they get a early goal in that period, third period, and then with six seconds to go. Which could be a very t- a backbreaker. They the Hemo scores ties it up, and then in overtime the Rain end up getting it, which was a huge win for Ontario. Um, you know, and Coachella Valley gets the point, but out of that game, but it was a huge win for Ontario because they've been kind of struggling a little bit. They've been kind of having their own little t- uh, tough stretch of games and winning and trying to build build up some points in the standings, and and they get a big win like that. And and I think since then, that I mean they've they 're on a little bit of a run themselves I mean they they're 300 and one so um, I believe that
1: and in, and Stephen even the game before that the one prior to it they lost in a shootout to Abbotsford yeah. I think that was the turning point yeah. um, but the one that you're speaking of and we're talking about now against the Coachella Valley um, had a couple of heroes um, and um you know you mentioned one of them defenseman uh, moviari and um, he since has been called up to the Kings I understand. And Aaron Dell, the ageless Aaron Dell, came out. So let me play three clips for you, and then I'll get your opinion on it. Uh, they're well, almost two minutes long you each. To,
2: here's, here's a, here's a, you, you're a nickname guy. Here's a nickname for Dell. How about Farmer and the Dell? Or yeah, I,
1: I wanted to start that one. I oh, actually, of course you did. Of course you I already actually,
2: thought of it. I should have nothing gets past you. <laughs>
1: I actually talked to uh, the Farmer Boys chain, and I said, Hey, <laughs> uh, this would be really great, the Farmers and the Dell. Anyway, uh, but but we'll uh, we'll leave that for another time. All right, so let's hear from Aaron Dell after the uh, the winning performance and uh, how he's feeling about being part of the Rain organization. It's
3: fantastic. Lots more to come.
1: Aaron, how do you carry this over tomorrow night on a quick turnaround on a back-to-back? What does it uh, what does it say about this team to be able
4: to carry it forward? Uh, you have got to keep it simple. You got to uh, Dump bucks in, and uh, grab the other team. Really, uh, it's uh, it's not a game you're going to be able to to trade chances, and, and it's uh, you know, with travel for us too. So that uh, that also goes into it. Yeah, long game tonight, travel, and then uh, another another one a little bit earlier too. So I think you have to just simplify it, and your attention to detail has to be good. The easier you can make the game on yourself, the, the better chance you have of winning. How much different was the locker room today? You would assume that it would be a lot different, but did you feel a lot different than it was maybe uh, Wednesday night, Thursday night, whenever that was? I don't don't think so. I I think it's been pretty much uh, the same all the way through. I think, uh, you know, we've we've been pretty consistent with, uh, I think, our our attitudes and morale and and stuff like that. I think one of the many issues we've had is when when things go bad, we – We don't answer back right away, and it spirals a little bit, but uh, I've seen the last few games, even though we didn't end up winning them, I think we've been able to build on on that and end that a little bit quicker. Uh, I think tonight was a great example of that. We were able to answer back, and then we were able to take the momentum and and win the game. Ever played in a game with a goalie wearing 80 and a goalie wearing 60? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah.
1: I don't think so. Actually, I was wearing thirty last year. We last year so. Thanks, there. Uh, I had to get a little humor in there, Stephen. Uh with uh,
2: yeah, only you, on. you would ask the question like that. So.
1: <laughs> I always like to, you know, I always like yeah. to get my guys to laugh a little bit. Cause you like you do, to uh,
2: to use a hockey term, or break the ice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there
1: you go. Nice one. Uh, I like it. See, you're catching on now. You're catching on. Um, I know that's very scary. <laughs> That's very scary. I'm, I'm
2: becoming like you in a way. That's that's a very scary thought. I'm supposed to be the serious journalist, straight down the middle guy here. I'm not to, you're the. <laughs> I love it,
1: but it, that's my that's my goal in the interview. If I can't break the ice, so to speak, and get them to to smile and maybe chuckle, um, I don't know if I'm doing my job. So uh, here's the goal scorer, um, Jacob Oviari, uh Afterwards, and uh, I love his accent. Love his uh, enthusiasm. And I love everything about this kid, so here we go.
3: On Aaron Del today, though, and he seemed like this was his
5: most comfortable, confident game. What did you see from him? Yeah, he looked really confident. And I've only seen him in two games here, and he looks better for every day. And, you know, he's played a lot in the NHL, so he's a very experienced goalkeeper and a great guy, so I'm really happy for him. All the guys, so I'm really happy for him. A couple of different partners for you this season. What was it like playing with Joe Hicketts now that he's back in the injury? It's, it's really fun, he's a very experienced and uh, loud uh, player, so it's really it's easy to play with. He talks a lot on the ice, which helps a lot, so he, he's a fun guy to play
3: with. I know you guys have been trying. Uh, the home wins haven't come easy. What does it feel like to just get one at home where you guys haven't won in a while? Well, I feel like it's
5: nice
4: to reward a crowd. We, I think we've got a pretty
5: good crowd lately, which is really fun. We haven't rewarded them, so it's nice. It's our turn to step up for them i thought we did so
3: today
5: how important is this win for you going into a
1: back-to-back in san diego tomorrow night
5: it's huge it gives the confidence especially
1: for our wednesday
5: game and we kind of had it and then we lost it at the end and they scored in or they won in shootout so it's huge to get
1: uh, get two points now and not only one jacob mobiari uh you gotta love that kid People just gravitate to him, Steven. He's just uh, hes just so fun to be around, and you can tell. Uh, I want to play one more start of the clip when he's talking about uh, scoring the goal, and I think you'll find it pretty interesting about what was going through his head as he scored it. Obviously,
0: the game can go either way, but uh, take us through what you were thinking
3: when you see that opening and TJ gives it to
5: Well, I saw that they kind of forgot me a little bit, and they just trying to find a pocket, and TJ's a great passer, so we, found me and then I kind of just closed my eyes and shot it honestly, I'm not a notorious goal scorer, so, but sometimes you, you get lucky and today was my day so I'm really happy with it. You had that shot a few minutes earlier in the overtime, was it kind of the, the, the same thing? Well, the first shot I tried to actually like aim and it didn't work so <laughs> good, but
1: luckily the next shot went a little better.
5: <laughs> you
2: see, <like>
1: that?
2: <laughs> see when you aim, you you have you, you don't you're not as successful as when you just just go for it. Oh, that was
1: classic! Uh, so much honesty, I absolutely love. Maybe that we should game. start
2: calling him the notorious GS, the notorious goal scorer.
1: <laughs> see, there we go. <laughs> you're getting this stuff. Uh, I know. Uh,
2: Amazing what my my brain can come up with at eight eight twenty in the morning. <laughs> All
1: right, let's hear from uh, head coach Marco Sturm. Uh, another short clip uh, after that win. Coach, uh, the uh, the veterans led the way tonight, Aaron, obviously, but I thought Kevin Connaughton was outstanding. He's playing a bunch of minutes for you. Can you just talk about how much he means to this team? You know, especially uh, this time of the year. Um,
6: and if you look at all the score sheet around the league, and NHL, it doesn't matter. The best players are, you
1: Uh, you needed to start with one win. Now you've got the one win. What do you do uh, to get the second one in a row? Yeah, no, it's uh, again, we, we
6: had that uh, we had that feeling the other day in Tucson and uh, we were just not ready to go right away. Uh, we came up short on the end. So uh, we're going to try to come, you know, uh, ready to go right from the start and, and give us a chance to
1: Thanks coach Marco sturm short and to the point uh, again. He, he brought it up Kevin Connaughton's birthday <laughs> maybe that's why he felt a little younger, but um, Speaking of Kevin Connaughton, uh, I was hoping to see um, a uh, a Barracuda player that came from the Long Island Sharks and one uh, Anthony Vincent and um, I didn't get to uh, Ontario the other night, so I was going to catch him last night. Well, he didn't play last night, and it might have been because he had a little run-in with the fists of Kevin Connaughton <laughs> at uh, at their game the night before in Ontario, so uh, Anthony Vincent out of the lineup, I can't say that's exactly what it was, but uh, Kevin Connaughton got the uh, Cordy Howe hat trick, so to speak, and uh, it could, he, uh,
2: it could be he that, didn't take lightly to being pestered. It could be that, or maybe they just maybe they just had some other guys they want to shuffle in or i don't know what the makeup of, of their roster is if they have extra guys at, at their disposal or whatever sometimes on they played the night before right so sometimes on back to backs maybe you try to get different different guys in there and, and and get an opportunity uh but uh so i mean that could be it but i don't know if he's a guy that would normally play on a back to back or if they're trying to well know, he just
1: come on came off of an injury as well so that could be part of it too but uh, I know yeah, they that don't wanna, uh, they don't want to overwork. don't want to overwork him, him.
2: <laughs> coming back from an injury. They didn't want to overwork him coming back. Plus, I'm sure, yeah, getting into that fight too probably. So yeah, let's let's uh, let's not take our chances here. Let's, Kevin
1: Connauton's uh, a big boy, and by the way, he is a mainstay. He's a stabilizer. I call him for uh, Ontario because he's the guy back there that plays on countless minutes. He's like an Adam Cracknell on defense. Um, he's one of those guys that's there all the time that you can count on. He's. Uh, the, you know, extremely good in the defensive zone, but he can also move the puck and, and be offensive when he needs be. So anyway, so the rain train, ah, I like it, moved down uh, I-15 uh, to San Diego Saturday night. I was able to get there. First time I've been to San Diego this year. So again, a shout out to uh, Nick Aguilera uh, for getting me in there. And, uh, uh, it, you know, for me, it's a close jaunt. That was only 25 miles. So I, I that's nothing. Uh, anyway, I had a chance to get down there and see the, uh, sharks, uh, sharks, uh, the rain and the gulls do battle. And, uh, it, it was pretty much all dominated by the rain, which I thought was a key to turning point of where they're headed is the uh, ability to control play. But the, the gulls didn't go away and scored two quick goals to, uh, in the second period to make things uh, close. And then, um. Ontario hung on to, uh, to get the victory on the road. So here you go. Here's Eric Portillo, the goaltender, and then again, Marco Sturm. I'll just play him back to back for you. From last night, watching Aaron and the performance he put out there, knowing that you were coming again tonight. I mean, I think
5: every day, you know, you can see his calmness um, every situation, um, that's what I'm taking with me, you know. I think you can see him throughout the entire game. Uh, I sit beside him in the room as well. And you can see how you know it doesn't really matter what happens on the ice, he's always calm and collected. And uh, that's something I really look at and, and take with me. And you know, at the pro level and the HL level, I believe.
3: They, uh,
1: they, they sound like, Steven, they were tearing down Pechanga uh, while I was there. <laughs> Some of these places have better uh, spots for interviews than others, but I think you got the gist of Eric Patillo and how much he's leaning on and Aaron Dell and even David Riddick to uh, help grow his game, and it seems to be working.
2: Yeah, oh yeah. Definitely. I thought you were going to go right into another clip. So sorry Yeah, the... I, I am. I, okay.
1: I just wanted to clarify for people that are hearing all the background noise. It wasn't intentional by any stretch. It's just nothing but a curtain between us and the complete dismantling after a game. So, all right, here's uh, here's some words from uh, Marco Sturm after that uh, victory, the second in row for the rain on the rain train.
3: about consistency now?
6: in a short time and, uh, you know, we we'll talked about being more consistent and, uh, and big to our, our
1: game and uh, uh you're right, that's going to be our game plan. Now. Is it nice to win and not play your best and know that you can still get points and have something to take back to the, the practice session? Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, uh, you know those are our
6: games, they're hard games too and... You know, and you can see it in the first period. Guys were were tired, you know, and mentally tired too from uh, a big win from uh, last night. Uh, you know, Coutelle took a lot of, out of, uh, out of us, a lot of energy. You know, so, but yeah, no, those are the you, you gotta dig deep, Yeah, you got to dig deep, and uh, that's been, uh, what they
1: did today. For Ken, Marco Sturm, short and sweet again. and He gets to the point, and well, uh, you were to down.
2: you were trying to cut cut him off there before he finished his thought.
1: <laughs> yeah well he gave me a pause and kind of looked at me like he was done so um i was just gonna say thank you but anyway uh <laughs> we moved on so um Marco Sturm, another one of the great coaches we have in this uh in this division stephen and you see uh, ryan craig up close and personal and and other coaches as they come through but goodness gracious that to, to have this kind of experience out here in professional development land i call it um it's pretty unbelievable,
2: isn't it? Yeah, no question. I mean I mean a lot of these coaches they as we talked about Henderson, what they've had to go through, a lot of these coaches have to kind of go through that. You're you're kinda of responsible uh for kind of getting the message across about what your um what the organization wants wants these players to do from from up top to down below and then you're having you're having to be responsible for helping these players that could be early on in their development or if they're you know or making sure that the veterans can can help with the with the youngsters or the young prospects to get that plus you're also balancing put together a roster each night is sometimes you may it it could be ever flowing as we talked about with all the variables that can happen at this level so you have to put up deal with that plus you know that obviously the importance of of a game and who who you throw out there and and then you gotta you gotta You gotta be part part of your responsibilities is, you know, when players get called up or get sent down, and and kind of talking with them and making sure that they they understand maybe why they've sent back. You know, just kind of so so there's a lot of factors with with a coach at the AHL level, and and then uh, I mean you have help of course you're not doing it alone, but still I mean it's it's a it's a big responsibility, and and uh, I think that's why sometimes you see. A coach like what, down Bosmo or, or others that have been around a bit have a little bit of an upper hand in that because they kind of have to understand. The other guys, not to say that they won't figure that out or can't be successful, but, um, you know, it's a learning learning thing for them too. So, um, yeah, we've got some great coaches in this division, no doubt. Okay, let's
1: take a quick break. Let's come back. Let's talk about these uh, on-fire, pardon the pun, uh, firebirds and the on-fire Colorado Eagles when we come right back.
0: talk about the best of Las Vegas, you're talking about the best of the best. So when you're at Jesse Rays barbecue and you're a three-time winner of the best of Las Vegas award, it speaks for itself. At 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson come and savor our People's Choice award-winning barbecue ribs or maybe just come in and pick up a bottle of our best in Las Vegas barbecue sauce to take home. Open seven days a week you can order online at jesseraysbarbecue.com. And for an occasion that will be remembered for a long time, cause for all of your catering projects at Jesse Ray's Barbecue Today. It's time to drop the puck on the nation's best college
5: hockey conference closer to the action all season long with access to exclusive on-demand content and more than 140 live games catch every big goal and clutch save when you can't be there we have you covered here stream on your phone computer or straight to your tv and don't miss a moment from your favorite team subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv if it's nchc hockey it's on
4: nchc.tv SW Podcasts. This is the Pro Hockey
1: West Report. Indeed, it is the Pro Hockey West Report. Scott Strandy with you today in Temecula, California. My co-host as always on this early Thursday morning. Stephen Marsh joining me from Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, okay, Stephen, we talked about my uh, my week on the Rain Train. Um, stepping off the Rain Train now and uh, looking uh, from a distance at the Colorado Eagles. Um, man, I, I told you they had a stretch and, and we both talked about this a couple of weeks ago. They had a stretch, um, that they, after the all-star break where they just went on a terror and that terror is continuing. Correct.
2: Yes. Yes, absolutely. Talk, talk about Colorado, right? <laughs> correct. Yeah, yeah.
1: And the job that they're doing and uh, yes. maybe you want to talk a little bit about what you, uh, what you know about Ivan the great. <laughs>
2: Well, let's talk about the team first of all. They, they're nine and one in their last ten games. They've won seven in a row. They are they've moved all the way now up into second place in the division, at uh, sixty seven points, just a couple points behind uh, Coachella Valley. Um, you take a look at the s- schedule coming up for the Eagles, and they play. Um, let me see if I can get it here. The Eagles, but uh, they've they've got a the next stretch of games here coming up. Here it's going to be. Uh, going to be a test of, to see if they can continue the streak. So let's take a look real quick at who they've got coming up. They've got, uh, let's see, let's go March. They're going to be at Calgary, so that'll be a big big series. they're all big. I shouldn't say they're, big, but they're all big this time of year because you're playing all your division teams that are all right there with you. They're at, but it's, it's a four-game four road swing. They're at Calgary uh, this weekend. Uh, then they're going to be at Bakersfield the following weekend. And then they host Calgary again. For a couple of games um, and then they then if you wanted to even stretch it even after that then they play a team that had been hot has been red hot they just had their big winning streak ended but the milwaukee admirals that's gonna be that'll be a big marquee matchup in the ahl that week in the 19th and the 20th in colorado because uh you got the milwaukee's playing the best hockey in the ahl right now pretty much and the eagles have been one of the hotter teams doesn't have a Didn't have a 19-game winning streak per se, or whatever the streak ended up being for Milwaukee, but uh, but still they've been they're at seven right now. Who knows if they win? uh, If they win against Calgary, uh, two games. If they can sweep Bakersfield, the two games, and if they win against Calgary, that's that would put them at a 13-game winning streak. So (laughs) wouldn't that be something if they go and Milwaukee with a 13-game winning streak uh, intact after Milwaukee had a 19-game winning streak here just just a few days ago. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> so uh, but yeah, you're talking about uh, you're talking about their goaltender, and it's kind of one of these stories. It's kind of like maybe something you didn't expect to be kind of a thing going into uh, a season. That's another example of how fluid an AHL season uh, can be. But uh, well, I guess they did have him kind of going into the season, but he he was with the with the Avalanche, and they uh, they decided that they brought uh, Eustace Aninon up there. And so they sent uh, Prospatov down through through waivers again after they had claimed him from, from be in the Coyotes organization, and they um, they eventually got him down to, to the AHL, and he's been with the Eagles now for the last uh, little bit here, and he's making the most of his opportunity uh, with the Eagles. And you know, you look at trying to pull up the, the article from Patrick Williams to pick out a couple of little um, things from it, but it's uh, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty interesting. Pretty interesting story. So yeah, I mean so Prozbatov uh, was working behind Grigoryev and and uh you know in his he was a, in his first four months of season in the NHL then as I said then he's now with the um the Eagles as Eustace Ananen is is up there with the with the Avalanche, so who had been with the Eagles. But uh you know, he's getting to work with people like Peter Budai, who's the Avs uh d- development coach. So that that's uh Talk about learning some great things from from him, and you know you look at you look at uh, was also with the Ontario Reign uh, back in fifteen sixteen season, and uh, had had a, some time with the Kings and Tampa Bay organizations and stuff. So, um, or I guess that's I'm talking. Maybe that's um, maybe that's Budai I'm talking about. Maybe that's they're talking about Budai. Uh, anyways, but so yeah, so Prospetov uh, is um. He says, "I like this quote here." He says uh, in this article that uh, talking about the fans at uh, Blue Arena, because we know how uh, how vocal and, and passionate they can be, and uh, they, and and loud they can be with a certain uh, with a certain instrument. Uh, the fans are awesome," Prospetov said. "It was tough as a visitor, uh, but at the same time, it was fun because sometimes that gets me going when everyone is against you. Uh, it was a fun time to play against them, and now you have all those fans on your side. When they cheer you on after every game, it really helps you." It helps you mentally. It gives you more energy. And then he says, it's good to be on the good side. <laughs> <laughs> good point. I, I, agree, I agree with that. And, and, and I would want to be on the bad side of those fans with those cowbells <laughs> and everything. <laughs> um, uh,
1: the other thing uh, with Colorado is not only are they getting great goaltending, but they're getting offensive production from guys up and down the lineup. And I believe they're staying... A little healthier than most teams right now, knock on wood, I'm sure. And uh, I think Aaron Schneeklop is, uh, is finally um, instilling his head coaching ways. He's been around, as we mentioned many times, uh, with the organization for a long time. But it's different when you become the, the top dog, so to speak, and giving the players that you have to buy in. And, uh, man, I, I keep saying this. Riley Tufte is too good for the American Hockey League, and when he's going to get an opportunity to play in the NHL as a regular, I don't know, but he's kind of like a Mason Morelli, Stephen, where he, he's kind of the glue. Uh, he He's too good, but yet he he still knows what his role is and, and what he has to do to get to the next level.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Also, so back to Yannan for a minute. So he made his debut – on uh, February ninth at home uh for the for the uh Eagles and he got a three one win against Abbotsford, and since then he hasn't hasn't lost. He's eight oh and 0 since uh in his start. Ivan the Great you're talking about, not Eustace. Yeah, Eustace. yeah. Eustace went up. I'm sorry, yeah, Eustace went up, yeah. Yeah, we're talking okay. about the I, yeah, talking about Ivan. Ivan the Great. Uh, <laughs> That's what happens when you do a show at eight forty in the morning. Sometimes you're 8 <laughs> eight oh uh, and oh records so he's is good, but yeah, I mean, you got to talk about, uh, so you, you kind of, you kind of see everything coming together. I think this has been a great, uh, help for them, obviously, with having a guy like, uh, pro Spitoff. Like I said, it's, it's been kind of a, a. it's, it's not necessarily a re, a re um, a re trying to figure out his game. I mean, it was always there. In fact, it even, it even says that it says it's not so much that he was, but it's just sometimes decisions that are made and stuff. And it's, but it leads an opportunity to, to be here, be the main guy the the Eagles and be a, a big factor in in the success that they're having now and and yeah the guys that he they have in front of him um, certainly feed off that and and then they want to do their part and it just it just kind of brings the team together and it's it's shown I mean it, it says here I mean they going into I think they. are I don't know when this article was written. I think the last couple of days, but going into some of their games this week, the Eagles had won, um, had been at the, let's see what it says here. Like 12, 12 of, uh, where it is. 16 of their last, uh, 19 games they've, they've won, you know, as of a couple. Yeah. Ago, I mean, so
1: that's, ever since just before the all-star break, they've been just tearing it up in the, um, in the American Hockey League and the American Hockey League Pacific Division. Well, like I so, said,
2: exactly. he made his home debut, made his debut at home on February 9th. So I mean, yeah, so that's, that's about when all this really started their their little run here, even a little before that. But but certainly since he's come in and it's been uh, it's been impressive. And you kind of go from it, it was I was listening to the uh, I was listening to something, and I think it was the Henderson does a, a weekly show. I was listening to that on the radio, and they were talking about the fact when they when Hen- when Colorado. Played Henderson at the end of January in Henderson, um, Colorado, won both those games in in and beyond, beyond the extra time, but Henderson was still ahead of the Eagles in the standings by like a couple of points, which seems like such a long time ago now because the Eagles have had this quiet run, and you know the Hendersons kind of kind of struggled, and and that just is an example of goes back to the standings and how you put together. Uh, and it's you're running out of time to have these kind of great runs there's only 20 games left but if you have a stretch now where you couldn't really put together a, a stretch it just shows you how much you can move up the standings because you know <laughs> yeah I, I mean the eagles like i said they were out of a playoff spot for uh, a little bit this year uh, at one point and or down towards the, the bottom part of the of the of the top seven and now look at them they're two points out of first place so it just it's it's amazing that so if you're a team like even Henderson, but that's gonna be really tough. But I mean, they have they have some games where they could do that, and obviously some of these other teams have to lose. It, you still have a chance, but uh, it's getting tough to do that. But but yeah, I mean, for the Eagles to now be two points out of first place, it just shows you first how close this division's been all year, uh, and then two because you're playing a lot of these stretches of games, you're playing the teams that are in your division. That also is gonna impact. That means more because. You, you, let's as I, as I equated it to, I think last week when we talked about this, you could have a big you could have a big run in the NHL, and but the other teams ahead of you could also be doing that. So it's hard. It's sometimes it's hard to you have a a really decent stretch of games, but you didn't you're not really moving up because the team ahead of you or the teams you're trying to climb are also doing well. But here in the NHL because you're mostly playing your divisional team if you're having a really good run, it it means most and it, it means mostly that you're gonna you're going to pass them because you probably played them and beat them a couple of times during the stretch or the teams, the other teams in the division are playing the other teams in the division and are beating each other and over, you know, regulation, or even if they just get a point. So it leads to more of an opportunity to have movement uh, at this level. If you have a big big run like the Eagles have had.
1: And without a doubt. Um, Okay. So I'm going to take credit for the start of their, um, time too on this uh, there you go yeah because you saw that one game here i saw him that friday night in henderson and that was <laughs> yeah. the, that's
2: the start there you go so take credit. another pro hockey west report karma see i don't get that i, I apparently they they lose when i'm in attendance uh, <laughs> well, maybe that's anyway. just because i know so much but you show up there and you bring good karma to the to the eagles and anyway
1: and <laughs> well, that, we digress but anyway i just had to throw that out there um So let's move on to the Coachella Valley Firebirds, the number one team again. Um, A lot of people are equating this team to last team. I'll tell you right now, they are not the same team. They're completely different. They took longer to get started and get rolling.
2: Are they they better than last year's team?
1: um, Well, people have been asking me that, and I think um, they're equal to whether they can uh, win they're the more whole ex- thing, they're more, I don't know. they're more experienced.
2: They're more experienced.
1: They are more experienced, but they're missing one key factor and nothing to take away from Chris Drieger. He's done Is a it? great job, but
2: Joey, Joey, Yeah.
1: Yeah. They're missing <laughs> Joey and uh, he's the, uh, the excitement, but you know, Chris played really well again last night and, and I kind of joke with him when I see him, it's like every time I come and watch him play, he, he does something outstanding. and last night he did it quietly. I mean, the one goal that he gave up was just basically a a big miscue, as you'll hear me talk with uh, the players and coaches on this. So we'll get right to it. But before we do it, I want to tell you that uh, the quirkiness of the Pacific Division schedule for sure is now um, Coachella Valley, and I think they did this on purpose too because they know that I have to go cover NCAA stuff, but the Coachella Valley Firebirds will only play three games at home in the month of March. (laughs) <laughs> Everything else is on the well, road.
2: Well, that's been the Silver Knights this past month. They yeah. had, two, they, you know, they have their schedule hasn't been as busy because they had so many games in the front part of the season. But they had the the first weekend of February, they had the two games against Iowa. And then the last three weekends, it's been road games. They had it. Uh, yeah. so, so I <laughs> well, haven't had a game here. And they're going to be finally back home this weekend against uh, <laughs> Tucson. So it's been kind of, yeah. So that's going to be the same with the Coachella this March. They're not going to have that much home hockey. Okay, so... Uh, yeah, they last, did it just I, for you, Scott, because they knew you weren't going to be available That's what uh, it month was. of March, they so they didn't watch it. In and this... They
1: thought, you know, they let's watch... just go on the road.
2: <laughs> yeah, so, so, so Scott doesn't have that conflict with... Because uh, so, I won't
1: be back now until, uh, I believe, the 17th of April, and I'll catch the last three games uh, of the Firebirds and then the playoffs, and then, you know how that goes. It could be end of June before we're done. Uh, but well, that's anyway... What we,
2: that's what we hope, I'm you know. It's, <laughs>
1: That's what everybody hopes for. So anyway, um, last night it was a four, one victory over the Barracuda. You'll hear from uh, Ryan Winterton. You'll hear from, um, uh, Cameron Hughes, who both scored shorthanded goals. And then you'll hear a little bit from Cole Lind. And then of course, of course, uh, Dan Bilesma uh, will give his thoughts as well. So I'll try to sneak these all in here kind of quickly so we don't run over time again, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been an exciting time, and the theme um, outside of my questions was basically, you know, wh- what's it going to be like going on the road for the almost the entire month of March? So here we go. Ryan Winters scored the uh, the first uh, shorthanded goal in the second period. Um, here's Ryan. Just uh, some thoughts on, on tonight. Was it a full team effort? It looked like other than 25 seconds into the third, you guys kind of dominated from start to finish. Yeah, it was a great team effort. Uh, kind of four, four
6: lines rolling. Um,
5: defense are great. Jukes is great. Um, yeah, it was a great game. And I kind of continue going to bigger seal. Talk about your uh, shorthanded goal. What did you see? And uh, how did you finish it? Yeah, I kind of knew it would be an all man rush, so I tried to kind of skate as fast as I could. Students fed me. Um, he ended up beating the D. I
1: think there was a call on it. I um, kind of just squirted out to me. I was lucky enough to put it back in the net. So it's good yep. for my students. When you look at you guys right now, uh, leading the uh, division... Coming down the home stretch, how important is it to stay there and keep this number one spot? Yeah, it's huge, um, especially come kind of playoff time, you know,
5: home ice and uh, everything like that. So, just finishing the season off in first and you know as best as we can, going to
3: the playoffs, uh, it's huge for our group.
1: Ryan more. Winterton uh, giving us his thoughts on a uh, nice shorthanded goal that he scored on a rebound. Uh, here's Cameron Hughes and uh, his shorthanded goal. Through the body around again, I think that's kind of the mo for everybody coming in to play. You guys, are you prepared for that now? Yeah, I mean, it's they play us hard.
5: Like for uh, for a team where they're at the and they they give us a hard game every time. So uh, give them credit there. Um, yeah, I think we just got to weather. Every team's going to get fired up to play here. Um, it's part of it's the best building to play in. So uh, use that to our advantage, and then uh, yeah, we're going to get everyone's good game. So we'll, we'll be ready. What did you see on your shorthanded goal? Did you know where you were going with
1: it on the way in? Uh, kind of. I think I I like to go over on that side, um, but yeah, kind of blacked out to be honest. <laughs> Cameron Hughes, he kind of blacked out. Love these guys. They don't look at the net, and they uh, they kind of black out when they uh, <laughs> when they shoot the puck. Anyway, uh, so those are two short-handed goals. Here's Cole Lind and his thoughts you want to just talk a little bit about the, the team win tonight. It looked like you guys, um, despite where they are in the standings, took them seriously all the way to, except for 25 seconds in the uh, third period. Yeah, um, we did a real solid job of
4: uh, playing as a five-man unit uh, out there on the ice. Obviously, great job by our penalty killer, giving us a couple shorties too. That um, definitely swung the momentum there in the second our brick ball back there intrigues is is doing this
1: thing again. Is it a confidence builder when you guys score shorthanded so you know that,
4: hey, we can score even strength, we can score on the power play, we can do it shorthanded, we're complete? Absolutely. Um, I think that's just a bonus more than anything. Um, obviously, you're not looking to score shorthanded. Um, a couple favorable bounces or a good stick um, that leads to odd man rushes, and just the guys that are. Uh, Job of finishing all those chances tonight. Stretch run is upon
1: you right now as you go out on the road for a few games. Um, you're in first place. I'm guessing you
4: want to come back here in first place. Absolutely. Um, I think that was the goal at the beginning of the year um, for all of us. Uh, we just want to continue to go game by game and win as many games as possible. Um, we know we have a real solid group here and we just want to keep building towards uh playoffs.
1: All right, Stephen there's the three players that uh, played big roles uh for the Firebirds. Your thoughts on what you're hearing from those three
2: yeah, I mean they're you know you kind of said that their their importance of and in the last clip that you played the winning the or keep winning the game so they can keep that top spot so they can have that that first um that first spot in the uh in the division which which gives you the first round buy out of those. Uh, best of three rounds, but um yeah, I mean it those are guys that you guys have to lean on to to have a good strong march, and yeah, I looked at their schedule for march. It isn't a lot of lot of home games, the only home games they have will be on March ninth against tucson and and march yeah, and by the way,
1: that's uh that's Fuego's birthday, so uh, I told him I wasn't gonna be there. he was sadly disappointed that I would miss his birthday, oh, yeah. but anyway no, I, uh um, I, bet, I
2: bet I bet uh. <laughs> But uh, yeah, and then Coachella, and then they play Texas. <laughs> this is kind of a, this is like the, the strangeness of the of the AHL schedule sometimes, especially having teams in in California where you can you can do this. Uh, so they'll play March twentieth. They'll play. They'll host Texas, and March twenty second, they've got to bus to Bakersfield and play the Condors, and then the next night they come back home and play Texas again. <laughs> and Texas, by the way, I think is is
1: probably staying right in Coachella.
2: Well, let's see. Yeah, I mean, t- I would imagine that uh, Texas. Here, uh, let's see.
1: Unless they happen to have a game somewhere in Ontario or s- San Diego, I'm well, not sure about that. Well,
2: they do. Yeah, so they play at Coachella Valley, and then they have to, and they go to San Diego on okay. Friday, the 22nd, and then they come back and play Coachella Valley on the 23rd. So, talking, so it's a
1: bus play. league, baby. It's a bus it's, league.
2: It's a bus <laughs> league, even for a team like Texas, who's flying out from the sun from Texas, and they get. Opportunity to play a couple of Cal- different California teams like the setup like that, which is which is really interesting. But, uh, but yeah,
1: good point. Um, so anyway, uh, Coach Bilesma, um, I-, I kept him kept him a little under wraps. He he went uh, 11 minutes last night with all of the media. But here's uh here's my two minute conversation with Coach for 25 seconds in the third period. What were your thoughts?
3: Uh, I, yeah, I, I would agree with you, I thought it was a, a pretty good game from us all around. Um, uh, I think the, the game against the Barracuda is always going to be physical, it's always going to be confrontational and, and uh, you have to execute through it, you have to play through it and uh, I thought we, you know, for the most part, we did that uh, for 60 minutes. Too short goals—is that sharpening the uh, the iron a little
1: bit? Well,
3: it uh, you know it's it's I think fortunate for us. Um, you know the uh, the game the last couple games against this team is a lot of it's been decided on the power play and the penalty kill, and tonight was no different. And they get the power play chance. Uh, chances in the second, uh, our guys were able to scrap up and, and get uh, two goals on it. Was so a kind of an estimation point on the game. Seems like the mo for everybody playing you is to come out hard and physical
1: and test you the first period at least. Um, does it feel that way to you guys too? Uh,
3: I, I, it certainly is against America. It feels that way, but uh, I think uh, that uh, that type of play only ignites ignites our team and ignites our players and ignites the way we want to play. So it's good for us.
4: Um, there was a,
1: an interesting point. I don't want uh, to run way over, so I don't want to play the whole clip on it. But I'll try to post it somewhere today. Um, Jimmy Schultz had a massive hit, one of the biggest hits I've seen all year in in, uh, American Hockey League, right at center ice. And uh, it was such a clean, solid hit. It it propelled the player uh, from San Jose into the air, lost his stick, lost his gloves. I think he lost his helmet. Um, and, And almost it was like a pause, Stephen, before somebody reacted to kind of challenge Jimmy. And uh, it wasn't really like, um, you know, that was a dirty hit. I'm going to fight you. It was like, whoa, (laughs) that was a big hit. I better do something, (laughs) right? And it turned into more of a wrestling match. They didn't even get five-minute majors for it. But uh, it was just, it was kind of odd because it was such a big, clean, physical hit. And the players knew it was clean. So they, they didn't really know what to do, but yet they felt like they had to stand up for a teammate.
2: Yeah, that that is uh, that is quite a uh, quite a thing. But and I
1: uh, I joked that I didn't get the shot because uh, I just I didn't get it, but I knew Mike Zedek would get it, and uh, the great Mike Mike the Great, be like Mike. He uh, he got the photo, and uh, hopefully he'll be able to get it to me so I can uh, send it to you and put it up on Instagram or something. But um, man, oh man, what a collision! And, and that kind of turned the corner because like I said, the Barracuda came out, we're banging bodies right away. And we're like, you know, trying to take away the, the, the skill that is the skill and speed that is of Coachella Valley. And, um, you know, sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't, in this case, it did not work. And, um, it it kind of backfired on them. But anyway, that's, uh, that's that I do want to throw out the fact the Ontario Reign has signed a, a friend of mine. I think I can call him a friend. I've known him for four years. Uh, Luke Rowe from uh, the Air Force Academy, uh, a different situation. Hopefully I have a chance to visit with Luke a little bit tomorrow and uh, find out how this all came down. But um, as I told you last night off air, uh, his eligibility ran out, which makes no sense in NCAA hockey, how you can play off season and not play in the playoffs, but apparently they ruled him uh, ineligible and has nothing to do with academics. He's a four-point-plus-something student, so it's not academics. It's uh, eligibility on the ice, so uh, Luke did the best thing that he could for his career and signed a uh, contract for the rest of the season with the Ontario Reign, so uh, if you get a chance to see him play, maybe you will. I don't know if the rain come to Henderson again, but um, fantastic individual, great hockey player, and going to be a nice addition to the Reign.
2: Yeah that that is uh, that is an interesting situation about that and I guess it's it is a little u- unique but I guess it's it'd be like if somebody was was traded at, uh, after the trade deadline and then they're not eligible to play in the or or players come into the at the some point in the season and and they can only play but he's but he's played the whole year so that's kind of weird. And he was their captain at <laughs> And he's not, but two-year captain, but, by the way. NCAA's can kind of be kind of strange on on stuff like that with all el- yeah, eligibility think? and stuff like that. I mean, <laughs> I mean, they gave everybody extra year with COVID, and kind of, but it, because of COVID. And then, you know, so but some players, I guess, if you play, I guess if you play postseason, I guess maybe I don't know. It's it's I've seen, it, it, I've seen
1: I'll it. I'll get the the word from Luke when I get a chance to visit with him. Uh, hopefully tomorrow, but um but he. He he apparently his eligibility was going to run out in January, but they gave him, uh, quote unquote, forgiveness to play the rest of the regular season. Now, if you're going to do that, why do you not give the kid the rest of the the rest of the season? Because when they when they lose their next games, their uh, their season is over anyway. So I don't know why they didn't allow him to continue to play with his teammates uh, until the the season was over, but. Like you said, the NCAA does some different things.
2: Yeah, there you go. That's a good way of, of putting it. But that that kind of brings up to a point of some a couple of things that we're going to probably see um, coming up. I mean, as as we as teams battle for positioning, and and as we have the playoff uh, race heating up, we have the NHL trade deadline coming up in a couple of weeks. I think a week from it's so like a week from tomorrow, or a week from you know. So it's coming up. That could impact AHL rosters because sometimes these deals involve the prospects and involve AHL guys as they go from one team to another. So we'll keep an eye out on that and see how that makes up the difference for these some of these teams. And the other thing is the NCAA, the college hockey season. When that ends uh, in March or or April, well, April, well, even before that because that you're talking about the end of the regular season, but you're you're talking about teams that go to the the NCAA tournament, but teams that don't um, and, and players. And their college careers a lot of times you see them sign right yep. away with um, especially those that have been drafted by their teams but some that that have been um that haven't been they'll they'll they usually sign some sort of deals with the uh, with the nhl club or, with, or sign ahl deals and stuff right away and they usually can get a few games in uh in the uh, in in the end of the regular season so and maybe even playoffs too in some cases so that that could impact rosters you'll see some college guys come in and join some teams and that that will that that could make a difference to some teams. So those will be a couple of things to keep an eye on over the next few weeks as, as we go about in these teams, as they continue to try to push for playoffs or push for playoff positioning uh, over the next month or so.
1: Yep, absolutely. Um, Okay. Quickly, uh, if we can, in just a couple of minutes, wrap up a few uh, NHL news and notes um, in the the Western conference slash Pacific division, but uh, is anybody going to catch Vancouver?
2: Uh, I I don't know. I mean, it's, it's interesting because Vancouver kind of had a little bit of a skid. They kind of finally lost three or four in a row. and But the problem was Vegas was also having a, a tough time winning some games as recently. So uh, they didn't really have a chance to catch them. Edmonton is, is kind of in the mix, too. Um I don't I don't know. I mean, Vancouver right now has a 10-point lead over the Golden Knights uh in the Pacific Division. Edmonton there got a 11-point lead over the Oilers. Uh Edmonton only a point behind Vegas. So, but the difference is is that Edmonton has played 57 games. Vancouver's played 61 games. So, for Edmonton, that's a difference of 4 games fewer that they've played. So, theoretically if, if Edmonton were to win all those games, uh, those those four games, they would be at 80 points, so that would put them only three points behind Vancouver, which which is very doable. Uh, for Vegas, the thing with them is they're playing better now, but they've been kind of – they they had kind of lost a little – skidded a little bit, a little, especially at, the, at home before they went on this re- most recent road trip. But with, with, with Vegas, there are two games fewer played than Vancouver, so theoretically that could be a four-point difference so that that could make it a 6 point difference. Now the the, only, the thing that could help could give the Golden Knights a, a chance and this would probably be their best chance. And they really got to keep pace with Vancouver and 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 is that going to have three matchups with Vancouver left this season. Um, so they they've got three three matchups left with the Canucks. Uh, and then their history, they've done pretty good against the Canucks. So that that could be a potentially a 6 point uh, swing uh there if they were to win all those three matchups with the Canucks. So if if they could keep it close you know right now it's a 10 point gap they'd have to catch up a couple of t- couple more points here but a few more points here but um, they do have a chance i a 10 point a 10 point uh gap with about what uh, 20 games left seems kind of tough because you you have to be almost you have to hope that then you got Edmonton who's only a point behind Vegas and they have a couple of games fewer played than Vegas so it could be very well that Edmonton ends up passing the Golden Knights. So now the Golden Knights have now dropped to third place. So, uh, just like the Pacific Division in the in the AHL, the Pacific Division, at least with the top three teams, because uh, then you got Calgary, who's who's ten points behind as well. But uh, so, you know, it's a little bit of a of a of a of a stretch there. But uh, to answer your question, it's I don't know. I I don't know if it's if it's possible to happen. Um, Well, I think
1: it's possible. I just don't think it's probable. I think uh, the job that Rick Tockett's done has got them in a position now where um, I think they're going to finish it off. It's a matter of what they can do in the playoffs. Are they playoff ready? Uh, Because that's usually where you see it, you know.
2: So yeah, that that's going to be the real interesting thing, and 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 it's going to be interesting with who they match up with. I mean, if they, I think for Vancouver, they would obviously they would want to be the the number 1 seed because uh right now the number 1 if you look at the if the playoffs were to start today kind of thing um being the number 1 team in the Pacific and having the the best record in the Western Conference they would play theoretically the lowest uh seeded team in the the, the play, in the playoff picture for the West that would be wild card team number 2 which right now is the Nashville Predators although they've been playing really good of late uh since they didn't get to go to u 2 here in Vegas <laughs> it seems like uh they <laughs> <laughs> to say, since the the coach and the GM mixed that, uh, they've they they I don't think they've 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 done a pretty good uh, they've done pretty good since then. Uh, but uh, uh, but yeah, but so that would be and then Vegas and Edmonton would play in the first round. You talk about a heck of a first round series. That would be a
1: good be. first round series.
2: But I mean, if if Vancouver somehow drops to number two, in either Edmonton or they would either have then they would probably match up with either uh, Vegas or Edmonton, and and Vancouver. Golden Knights have done pretty good against the Canucks in their history. Regular season, they've done really well. They had a playoff series in the bubble and Vegas, won that in seven games in, in twenty twenty. So um, that would you know, so that would be then Edmonton. Boy, you, you talk about not wanting to Edmonton be a team I would not want to face in the first round. No, uh, no, I would I mean, not either. I mean, so well, so I what you mean. One team I know that will not be in the playoff picture this year is the Coyotes who continue to fade away. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're
1: drifting away. Um, maybe, maybe not even uh, just on the ice, but I mean, uh, but, but, anyway, but I we'll get into that Hoover, later. We're, we're out of time. So. I know we're out
2: of time, but, but you have a couple of, and you look at the teams that are in the playoff picture, playoff chances right now. Um, you know, St. Louis has kind of struggled late, lately, uh, Minnesota's kind of out, still in the mix. They're six points back. They've one fewer game than than um, Nashville, so that, that could get them within four. So I mean, Seattle, you know, Seattle's been up and down, but right now they're they're seven points back, but they do have two fewer games played than Nashville, so that theoretically that could get them within three. So Seattle maybe still has an outside shot at, at getting in, but it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be tough. Uh, Calgary right now is five points back uh with you know with the game in hand on Nashville so that would get him within 5 3 so there's some teams that are still have a chance but uh it's 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 getting to be uh it's getting to be crunch time for some teams that want them to be in it is
1: keep uh keep tuned and, to and us that, and then, we'll then that will tell that
2: makes you the, what's happening yeah that <laughs> makes the trading deadline going to be very interesting to see what some of these teams do and stuff and yeah. and and what that may what that may look look like and so um again how that uh, impacts h o rosters too cuz sometimes these deals involve the AHL players and go into other teams and other organizations. So we'll uh, keep an eye on all that. All right. Take it away, my friend. This has been the pro hockey West report brought to you by jets pizza with over 400 locations in 21 States. Find the location near you at JetsPizza.com. Caesars entertainment resorts and casinos become a Caesars rewards member and get the most out of every stay at Caesars resort by Toyota, support the dealers that support hockey in your community for your next car. Desert Toyota in Tucson, Peterson Toyota and Fort Collins, Toyota of the Desert in Cathedral City, California, and Finley Toyota in Las Vegas. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Cater your next party or office lunch with the best of Las Vegas barbecue at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. T-Mobile. Get a new iPhone on us. Go to T-Mobile.com to find out how. FedEx, the official delivery company of West.com. The Pro Hockey West Report and all of the Icetime Hockey West podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and is available for download at all your podcast platforms. Search ITHSW Podcast, all one word. Subscribe, rate, and review the shows. Help others find us. The Pro Hockey West Report is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. All right, good stuff.
1: We will say goodnight with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro. Tell everybody to join us again next Thursday as we talk more. The Pro Hockey West Report. Good night, everybody.